Hello and welcome to Lore Watch Roundtable Freeform Discussion about Lore and the Games of Blizzard Entertainment. But of course, right now, you know we're all crazy about Legion, so that's pretty much what we're going to be talking about. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch, and I've got two wonderful co-hosts with me today. First up, he's a regular here, and that would be Matt Rossi. Hi, Rossi. Hey, everybody. And then uh, secondly, Joe couldn't make it today, but we've brought in our usual substitute. So we've got Mitch with us. Say hi, Mitch. Hi, Mitch. Hey, everybody. Everybody does that every time. I've been known to do that, too. I think it's getting... (laughs) We need to come up with a new shtick for that kind of thing. Anyway. uh, Just from now on, whenever (laughs) someone introduces you, fellow greetings, mortals. (laughs) Greetings. (laughs) Mortal fools. It's like like McCurley used to do the Akamagash friends every time. But anyway, uh, so yeah, Legion. Legion's been out for a week now. Has it been a week? A couple weeks? Uh, week and a half. Week and a half. Almost two weeks. It'll be uh, two weeks on Tuesday. Yeah, it's been uh, 13 days because it was the it was uh, August 30th. Yeah. So oh, that's right. 11 plus 1 is 12, so 13. Like I said, Tuesday. Tuesday. It'll be two weeks on Tuesday. But anyway, regardless, um, everybody's had plenty of time to play through at least hopefully the intro stuff and get to level 110. We're going to spoil a little bit of just the the very, very beginning of 110 content here. So if you haven't reached max level yet, if you're still playing and leveling through the game, you might want to duck out and come back after you've hit max level and seen some stuff because there's some things to see. Uh, that said, that's your spoiler warning. So yeah, if you don't want to be spoiled, get out. We'll see Flee, you later. Mortals. <laughs> Flee, mortals. <laughs> Sorry, I've been fighting a lot of demons. It's all good. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get this started um, now that the spoiler warning has been given out. What I'd like to talk about today is Light's Heart. Specifically, um, not just Light's Heart. I also want to talk about the scenario that pops up. And it doesn't pop up at max level. It pops up before max level. But you're sent to the Exodar after a, a, obtaining Light's heart to go show it to Velen. Because obviously, if anybody's going to know what this thing is, Velen, right. Velen will know. If we're going to talk, talk about that, there's a little significant piece of information that needs to be talked about before we talk well, about Well, I was going to get to yeah. that. I was going to get to that. So before all of this starts, and I... Okay, am I the only one that like squealed like... Okay, let me get into it here. Um, <laughs> you get a message from Cadgar and he says that this thing has has hurtled from the heavens and hit Azeroth somewhere in the Broken Isles and you have to go retrieve it. And you go get it and you bring it back to him. And there's a cinematic. And yeah, talk about the cinematic, Rossi. Just okay, like- you, you basically you, you find a gigantic crystal doodad and you're like, what the heck is this thing? And you bring it to, to Cadgar and Kegar does his magical, you know, squilly fingers thing. And the thing goes whoosh. It really goes whoosh. And then then there's like an Obi-Wan, you know, the, the bit where like Leia's like, you know, I'm a, this is messages for General Kenobi. It's like that, except it's... Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. <laughs> Instead of it being Leia, it's Turalyon. Uh, and Turalyon is apparently on or near Argus, as far as I can tell, from the message he gives with the Army of the Light. And uh, that's where he's been this whole time. Uh, and if if he's alone, I don't know. He might have Alaria with him. Couldn't tell you, but he def- when Cadgar said his name, I squealed like a little Terrellion. girl. <laughs> so 
Yes, we finally, this is the first time Turalyon has even popped up in a visual representation. It's not actually the guy standing in front of you, but this is the first time we've even had this much of him since World of Warcraft started. This is, this is his debut. Yeah, ever. This is his debut. And, and when, Um, when Kajar said his name, I completely freaked (laughs) out. I seriously did. Unless you count the wanted poster in that canceled 18 year old game. Well, yeah, but that's pretty World of Warcraft. So, yeah. you know, we're talking about World of Warcraft itself. Yeah. He's been referenced before. His name has been said. There was a statue to him at the gates of Stormwind. But Still other there. than that, yeah, that that's that's like the only record we have other than his kid who's still wandering around. And I think he's in the Paladin class all now. He should be. He better be. Um, Arathor? I didn't see him. I didn't see him when I leveled my paladin, but I haven't got my paladin to max level yet. Okay, well maybe he pops up later. I, I feel like he should be there. I feel like he should either the well, it has to be the paladin because he's wearing paladin gear. Anyway, regardless. Okay, so Turalyon, Army of the Light. Obviously, Vela knows about all of this, so you're told to take Light's heart to the Exodar to have it checked out. And when you get to the Exodar, stuff is going down. Um, Every, everything's great. You want to talk about that, Rossi? Sure. Um, when you get to the Exodar, first off, um, I've actually did this. This um, I did this scenario first on a Draenei warrior. I did it on a Draenei shaman. Yeah. And, oh. and it's it is terrifying when you get there and there's demons everywhere. It's I, like not just a few demons. Not this is like Mitch trying to tell you about shadow priests levels of demons. There's just demons that's, everywhere. That's not inaccurate. I. Funny story, I was kind of rushing through stuff on the beta just like right before release to see, you know, what the questing flow would be like and if I should skip anything or whatnot. I got this quest kind of just going through it quickly and I got there and I was like, wait, is this like a a doomsday vision or is this actually happening? Like, that's how it is actually happening. Yeah. And so you you get into the overrun. You get get into the Exodar and Velen is like, look, I'd love to help you with your sparkly thing but um <laughs> there's a lot of demons here and i'm kind of busy manifesting this giant dome i gotta say this something alex loves to complain about is that the super powerful npcs don't come help you while you're doing stuff he's kind of busy yeah this is the first time that i'll give them why velen doesn't come out to help you because he's literally creating a dome holding off like hundreds of demons there's like demons constantly running at this thing getting blown up more it's demons like, come in yeah it's like um it's like a hall of light sized bug zapper. Yeah. Basically. So, yeah. so they, they like run towards it and they're just like evaporated. <laughs> it's it's like the, they turn the into priest. little piles of ash. It's actually pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, so Velen basically tells his second in command, a Draenei paladin named Divinus uh, to back you up and you head out to basically kick demon butt because you know, you have to save people. Um, if you explore the whole Exodar, there's like mini bosses and stuff in there. I didn't it's, realize this when I went there's, through there's and I'm like kicking a, a myself. Mini, there's a mini quest too, like, or like a quest. Where there's a quest where you, you go hold help off waves. Yeah, yeah, you go help Nabundu, and then there's yeah. also a, a rare that spawns in there apparently. And uh, I the missed. North. Yeah, I missed both of these things because I was busy kicking a lot of demon butt. And once yeah. I closed the gates and things, I'm like, okay, all right, are we safe now? Cool. And I didn't really do much exploration outside of that. Yeah. Um, I wish I had. <laughs> so well, yeah, like, my second yeah. time through, I'm definitely going to take my time and go find yeah. all of this stuff. And Velen says, you know, okay, you've closed enough portals and I, I, you now just, you know, finish up getting people out. And I was like, no, man, 
I'm I'm not stopping until every demon in this place is dead. So I wandered around killing demons. And I'm, after a while, I realized, oh, I can't close any more portals, so I can't cleanse the place. <laughs> okay, I guess. Oh, sorry, Exodar. Yeah. There's only there's only so far you can go. So I yeah. went and you know helped Nabundo, and it's actually funny to help Nabundo because he forms a party with you. It's you, yeah. Nabundo, and three other guys. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Where oh my gosh. One of them is like rock fist, something or like I don't know. Yeah, they're all like. I'm has, so mad that I didn't. Name. I'm so mad that I didn't do this because my shaman would have been the character that would have done this absolutely had I known it was there. Um, yeah. Oh, like, um... Fister Rockfist. That is his name. And he is an enhancement shami with rocks for fists. Yeah, it seriously is a messed up little group. And so after you get through that, by the way, that's a, it's a hard slog, too. It was not easy. You get through all that. And so you, you, you go back to Velen and you're like, OK, I have killed a lot of demons. Can you like please look at this thing I've got? And so he's like, all right, fine. I, I sense its power. Go ahead. Break it out. He takes five seconds to look and he goes, oh, we got to <laughs> go. Like... He's, he's like, now. oh, maybe, you know, maybe this was more important. He's like, we got to go now, right now. Pick it. I'm picking it up. We're going. We're going right now. And Velen books. Like, he runs. Yeah. This, this, he... this 20,000-year-old Draenei dude hoofs it. Literally hoofs it the, out the of there. The grandma in High Mountain, he is the antithesis of her. He he, just... he, yeah. he takes off. He picks up his skirts and he runs. And he's carrying this giant crystal thing on his shoulder like an enormous... Like it's nothing. Like it's nothing. It, it is awesome. So you're, ha- you're hauling butt and he's explaining to you, this is this that you found. This is the sentience core of the prime Naru, Zira. And you're like, what? It's the what? And he's like, yes, we have to get to an, a, Naru, a, a Naru of Zira's line is the only thing that can unlock this. That and I'm... there's only one of those Naru left. Yeah, and that's it happens to be at the heart of this place. For us. Oros, so we're gonna go, and so you you start going, and of course, uh, immediately the evil mastermind general, oh, I can't remember his name, his name Rakish, which means butcher in Eridar, and he's been taunting you the whole time. He's one of those guys, and if you pay attention, it's Patrick Seitz is the voice actor. So garage. It's a very <laughs> oh yeah. It's a very garagey voice performance he does here. Um, it's garage with a little bit more evil reverb, and so. You, you, you basically get to a place where they've completely and they fell fell tainted out a whole path to Oros. You can't walk on it. And Velen's response is just stay near me. Don't get out of the bubble. And he books it down the stairs. And you're like, I wish I was mounted for this. And he's like, whoosh, blowing up everything. And you get there. I got and, Ghost Wolf and I was barely able to keep I, up I with him. <laughs> I think I was mounted first. So I got yeah. lucky. But yeah, he yeah. he hauls butt down that pathway. And you get down there. And uh, I don't know how it is for other classes because I've only done it on Warriors so far. But for Warriors, your two main followers that you've got at that point in time show up to help. Yeah, I didn't have I didn't have any followers with me. And then all of a sudden, um, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember her name. It escapes me. The tiny angry dwarf woman from... Oh yeah, so- Melia, I think. Melra? Oh, I don't remember. But I Myra? Know. No. no. Something like that. Anyway, she shows up. And I yep. love her. And she's like, what? You thought you were going to go do this stuff without me? I'm like, oh, I'm so happy you're here because <laughs> this was painful without you. <laughs> yeah. So in, in my case, it was the the two people from the Broken Shore. They show up and they're like, I don't know what's going on, but we'll hit things because we're very cool and that's what we do. <laughs> so you, you confront Rakesh and there's, there's actually a really sad moment uh, where you feel like you've won. Like you show up, Velen's healed Oros. You're like, 
okay, it's it's done. You're done. We're we're taking you in. And he's like, oh, well, okay. But first, and he summons a giant evil robot and kills Zoros with it. Just and, one shot. And yeah, that that's when you. It's it's really it's that Oros reveal. It's that reveal of Zara where you realize why the Burning Legion are at the Exodar. It isn't, this isn't just like a revenge tactic. Oh, hey, we're going to go wipe out the Draenei because we finally, we caught them finally. No, they want to get rid of Oros on purpose. That's why they're there. They want to get rid of Oros because Oros is the last living descendant of Zera's line. And they want to make sure that that line is cut off. So, yeah, yeah it's really sad because I was like, yay, we won. And it's I like, know. no, we did not win. We did not when, win at all. When, when that happened, I was like, wait, that's it? Like, she, she's just gone now? Just poof. Like, Bye-bye. So, I didn't you still stand have a chance. To, still have to fight the guy. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, you know, luckily there's I have two people with me and Velen's healing. Velen's a clutch healer, by the way. The dude's really he good. He totally is. Yeah, I had no problems at all. Um. Uh, so you go in and you fight and you fight and you fight and he starts saying things and as he does so Velen kind of has a oh my god I've seen this before moment and he starts yelling at you no hero please don't kill him and I'm like Velen he's at 2% he, he becomes attackable at that point Velen Velen pretty much says stop stop don't don't kill him don't kill him and then as you're continuing to fight him he says I'm going to stop you myself and he goes hostile which is just crazy because we've just seen what Velen can do. Yeah. The prospect of fighting him, not something I'm happy about. Um, if you ignore Velen and you just concentrate on Rikish, you can finish taking Rikish down um, relatively easily. And that's when everything is kind of revealed. So, Spoiler Rossi, go ahead. Again. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, basically what happens is, after you've killed the dude. In my case, I didn't even get a chance to attack Velen because he started saying this stuff when the dude was at 1% and I just popped all my cooldowns because I'm like, no, I want you dead now. So <laughs> um, he literally died while Velen was in the middle of his, I will stop you myself. And I'm like, Velen, I just killed him. And so Velen just walks over and cradles the dude's body in his arms. And I'm like, uh, do you, what? Yeah. What are you doing? And Velen starts going, you asked me if I did not foresee this moment, child. I did. But I buried that memory. And he starts going on about how when he had to leave, he had to leave his wife and children behind and how Kil'jaeden had taken them from him to punish that, him. That vision that he had was a vision that he had when he was holding his newborn son for the first time. Yeah, and he had no idea why he'd seen it or what it was. He's like, well, why was he I cradling some weird red, red-skinned fell pot? What was that? I don't even know what that was. That was so, his son. Yeah, and he had no idea. So he'd repressed it until that moment on the Exodar when he realized, oh, my God, that's what this is. That's who this is. It's, it's you, just like deja vu. It, you don't really remember it happening until it's already happening. So, um, yeah, we kill Velen's son, who has been spending the past 20,000 years as Kill Jaden's. Kill Jaden's incredibly long term delayed revenge plan. This is why Kill Jaden is not somebody you want as an enemy. I believe no. I believe the quest said um, I, I think that it was Cadgar that said something about that bastard waited 13,000 years to exact yeah. vengeance on Velen. Yeah. Yeah. It's like th- every time we've like seen that the Legion has been chasing the Draenei, everyone's like, oh, wow, Kill Jaden's holding a grudge. We had no idea what Kill Jaden holding a grudge looked like. It, yeah. It was they, the, they, they terrible. 
the genocide of the Draenei was nothing. That was just warm up. It's like, oh my god, this guy's a bastard. So he yeah. tells you to take Light's heart and go back wow. to Cadgar, yeah. and there's, you take it and you gotta go back to Cadgar. But but but, scene, but but I'm getting to that. I'm getting okay. to that. Okay. <laughs> so you take it and you get ready to go back to Cadgar, but you shouldn't go back to Cadgar immediately. You should wait. Because there's another portion of that scene that plays once the main guards arrive and they talk to Valen. Um, and what is it he says? Prepare the Exodar, we're going home. Or something like that. He basically, first thing he says is, is Artificer, is the Artificer alive? He says his name, but I can't remember the guy's Rommel. name. No, no, Rommel. No, Rommel. Rommel's the blood elf. Yeah. He basically says the artif- is the Grand Artificer's alive, and the, the guard's like, yes, the Artificer lives. And he goes, good, tell him to begin repairs on the Exodar immediately. Uh, but I do feel like we need to mention one thing first. Before this all plays, Velen turns to you, and when he's sending you back to Cadgar, he says something really powerful and really heart-wrenching. He turns to him and goes, tell Cadgar the light died today. And, yeah... So Velen is possibly now a shadow priest. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, he is certainly a angry priest. He's oh yeah. Velen's Velen's always been this presence of eternal calm and peace, and he has this string like he has a fuse, right? And that fuse stretches on for eternity, for thousands and thousands of years. It stretches. And in that moment when he's holding Rakesh in his arms, that fuse finally caught up and it went off. Velen's mad. You don't want to see Velen when he's mad. When pe- the thing about people with long fuses is when that fuse finally goes off, it's, it's probably going to be the scariest thing you've ever seen in your life. And we know what Velen is capable of when he's not angry. <laughs> like we just saw some just jaw-dropping, you know, examples of Velen's power. He made, like, this light shield thing that was just disintegrating demons like they were nothing. You know, he ran you down that fell ramp, again, walking over fell-tainted ground and, and, and cleansing it like it was nothing. You had to run to keep up with him or be mounted, one or the other, um, because he was taken off so quick. That's Velen when he's not angry. <laughs> Yeah, the way he said we're going home what, wasn't yeah. like, oh yeah, we're going home. It was like, we're going home. No, it was, it was, I'm going home and hell hath no fury like a Velen scorned, I guess. Yeah, he, he is going to mess people up. Hey, yeah. Um, so you take Light's heart and you take it back to Cadgar. And, you know, Cadgar is understandably, you know, sympathetic to Velen's plight. And he thinks that this, you know, it just further demonstrates exactly how how i can't think of the right ad, ad, adjective for it quite frankly you use the word machiavellian but quite frankly machiavelli could take lessons from kill jaden yeah yeah <laughs> it's like it's almost just, kill jaden so evil and so good at this whole mastermind manipulation everything else that i mean if they can't get to you directly, they will get to you indirectly and they will do it in as painful a way as they could possibly inflict. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it takes thousands of years because what's what's a thousand years or so to the Burning Legion? It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. Um, so this just kind of reinforces that whole point that we got, 
even, you know, during the Broken Shore scenario, where you show up and every demon we have ever defeated over the history of World of Warcraft pops up and says hi, like nothing's happened. Hey, we're back. Like, And we yep. fought, those guys were, they were hard, man. I remember, <laughs> I remember that first kill Jaden raid. I remember that first raid on, um... Brutalist oh, shows up, and Brutalist is a nightmare. Yeah, Brutalist. Brutalist was insane. Uh, the one that's over by in Hellfire Peninsula. Magtheridon. Magtheridon, yeah, Mag The first time we did Magtheridon with all the cubes and the clicking and everything. <laughs> Man, that, that was a tough fight. That was yeah, not... It, it's not even that, though. What's really messed up is Tychondrius is there. Yeah. Oh, Tychondrius yeah. is the and dude he, Illidan killed. He's been gone since, you know, like... Before World of Warcraft, Warcraft 3. He died in World War, Warcraft 3. And, you know, all of these people are showing up. Veramothris is there. Oh, yeah. Like, all, all at once. They're all there. They're all there like we've done nothing. And essentially, we have. We've done nothing. We defeated them once. That's okay. They'll come back again. They'll keep coming back again. You know, there was somebody who was talking about how it felt like the demonic invasions were kind of pointless because it was like the same, you know, it, they were like, it loses impact because it's the same generals fighting over and over. It's like, like well, it's the same people. And the it's like, point, no, 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 that's the point of the invasion. We can keep killing them and they will keep coming back. We're fighting a war of attrition and we're on the losing side because when we're dead, we're dead. Yeah. That's it. Game that's over. Why we, that's why we have to close the portal. Right. Because without the portal, they can't keep doing this. With the portal open, they can just keep coming through it. Like well, boom, and we're this this is kind of tangentially related, but wasn't this the first time in game that um, the fate of the Titans was acknowledged? Yes. Yep. Actually, that yeah. comes up. That comes up later. It comes does, up does later. It come up later. Okay. I could. We should probably. Was... We should probably actually talk about that. At this we're point. yeah. We're going to move forward a little bit because Light's heart turns out to be um, a lot more important than you'd initially thought. Uh, so when you quest through Valshara the artifact that you're looking for, the pillars of creation thing that you're looking for, you're looking for the tears of a loon and tears. Indeed. A Valshara is probably one of the more heartbreaking zones to level through. Um, just because when you get to the end, you witness the death of an aspect and, um, Ysera bites it and you get another cutscene. And in this cutscene, that cutscene was amazing. Ah, it was absolutely amazing in that cutscene. Ysera's spirit is basically like lifted to a loon and you find the tears afterwards they're left behind um, and you take those and you drop them off because that's what you're supposed to do with these pillars of creation the method in which you um, obtained these particular items not really the preferred method of getting a pillar of creation you'd rather just yeah. you know go pick it up loot it off the ground or whatever you know um, what does it take to make a loon cry apparently Ysera's death um so when you hit level 110, and I believe this is level 110 quest. Yeah, it, it, it props up. After it it pops up after you ding. Um, Cadgar sends you a message. Well, he doesn't send you a message. He's, he shows up. He's like, I had the bubble. <laughs> I'm trying something new. <laughs> trying something new. I've decided instead of sending the big purple guy to annoy you, I'm just going to show up as a talking head and follow it's you around until you acknowledge disturbing. me. Um, so, yeah, you, you go back and he says that he's found a key to unlock light's heart which is really interesting because as we were told by Velen, oros was like our last hope to do that but apparently there's something else going on here and 
I guess Khadgar was going through some kind of ancient cosmology text or something like that. And he came across a passage that said that the prime Naru was created by a loon during the great ordering of light and shadow. I want to know where he found that book. Where was that book? That How book in Karazhan. This about time? that book was it? It was. was it, it was probably just no. It was probably buried under a Pexus crystals. No, do you think it was in Karazhan? That's. I'm I, I probably I'm do. Yeah, I'm. I'm guessing that's where it would be. Because yeah. I know it wasn't we mentioned Karazhan. You know where else would it have been? I mean, I don't know. Like he, as he points out, it's not often a planet tells me to look in my own library. Well, and the thing is, is like. You know, it, it's like I said the last time we were talking about this, when you first go, when you initially go to Karazhan with Khadgar and that echo of Medivh says something about the circle and how he's seen the circle and the circle is nearing completion or something like that. And he's foreseen all of this. So to me, it makes sense that he would have that book. Maybe that book has something to do with this circle that he's foreseen or whatever. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff about cycles in this expansion, like Every now and again, you'll see a reference to a circle or a cycle. And, and they all appear to be talking about different things, but I feel like they're all related somehow. And mm-hmm. this is all, like, predestined. Um, so, yeah, basically what Khadgar says is, hey, I figured out how to activate Light's Heart. I saw this thing that said that, you know, maybe Elune created these guys during the Great Ordering of Light and Shadow. So I want you to take those tears that you've gotten and... Just go, just go give Light's Heart a boop with those things. Just like, <laughs> just like touch them together. Let's just see what happens. I mean, it can't be horrific at all, can it? <laughs> I feel course, like Kadgar always has the great ideas. Kadgar keeps coming up with these plans, and they all involve. Well, let's see what happens. I want, like when he first calls you to come to Dalaran to to move the place. He's like, I have a plan, a horribly dangerous plan, but a plan. I I, I love Kadgar. But yeah, <laughs> he's like. Try and use these things on Light's heart. I don't. I don't know how you're going to use it. Maybe like touch them together or something. I don't sprinkle them, like seasoning salt. I. I don't know. Well, Just go try it out. See what happens. When you do use it, um, basically, I don't know about for other people, but for my character, I stood over it, holding the thing above it, and I just kind of waited. It was yeah. Like, um, yeah. Are you feeling woken up yet, big crystal thing? <laughs> I don't know what's supposed to happen here, but okay. Well, it turns out what happens is yet another cinematic where all of a sudden you're transported. Your spirit is just sort of floating somewhere in the eternal Looks cosmos. like the twisting nether almost. Yeah, you're just kind of like floating out there. And Zara is there talking to you. Um, she has a calming voice. She has a very calming voice. Anyway, um, Rossi, talk about what she told you. Uh, well, first thing she does is reassure you you're not crazy. Uh, which is nice. Which is probably good, because, you know. You're, you're not insane, mortal. Well, that's Cad, good. Cadgar's thing didn't kill you. This is actually happening. Don't worry. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she basically tells you, you know, yes, I am the consciousness of Zera. Uh, I reside, currently I reside in, you know, the Twisting Nether because, well, you know, stuff happened. And uh, during the Great Order, I was the first Naru created during the Great Ordering of the Cosmos. And she basically tells you, oh, by the way, Titans, dead. Uh, and since yeah. they died... Since they died, you know, there's been no one to oppose the Legion as it burned its way through the cosmos. So at every world they went to, there were survivors. And those survivors have banded together into this army of light and have attacked Argus. And now their campaign on Argus reaches its conclusion. And the way she said that, it feels like she's not saying, with a victory march, 
<laughs> it definitely doesn't feel like she's saying, Yoo-hoo, we're about to win. It definitely is much more on the lines of, yeah, we're we're pretty much on fire. So it's kind and of not like on fire in that good, oh, we can use our ultimate ability kind oh. of way. On fire <laughs> in that hole. <laughs> we're dying. Yeah. <laughs> Literally we are burning. Um if if you guys could try and find there's a there's a prophesied champion and we're pretty sure She says Okay, she says directly, she says, I seek the child of light and shadow, the boy destined to end the age of demons. And when she said that, when she initially said that, I was like, oh my god, Andwin. Mm-hmm. And then she says, Illidan Storm Rage. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, <scratch>? that... that... <laughs> Illidan that... wasn't prepared, really. <laughs> what? Stop... What? Um, you think I'm a boy? And I probably should have known about this because I did read... I mean, in the Illidan novel, he talks to Anaru. And I'm presuming that the Naru that he was talking to was Zara, quite possibly. The one who gave him the holiest of holy boops. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway. Um. So, yeah, she's looking for Illidan. Unfortunately... We kind of killed that guy. And then after he was dead, Maya put him in, in prison. And then from the prison, Gul'dan came and took him along with Cordana. And who knows where the heck the guy's at right now? Because we don't. Yeah. So that, that guy you need, we don't have him. But that's not quite done, though. They're not done when they uh when they have that little moment. Because she then sends you to Valshara. Which, yeah. it turns out, Valshara isn't just the place where... Um, Malfurion learned how to be a druid. It's where they're from. Well, first, okay, first off, though, before she, before you do that, she sends you back to Cadgar, and you tell Cadgar, well, um, so the thing talked to me. Also, uh, the Titans are dead. Also, yeah. there's an so- army fighting in the cosmos, probably Argus or somewhere, and they're losing. Yeah, oh, Cad- and we need Cad- Illidan. Can you make that happen? Cadgar's line, our gods were dead before we were even born. Like, damn, just... Things just got real. Well, and and Cadgar's sitting here going, wait a minute, hold up, hold up, back it up a little bit here. Slow okay. down, man. The Titans are dead, the army of light is dying, and we need Illidan, but Illidan is gone. This just got so many million times more hopeless than it has ever been. Because, I mean, there, you know, the whole find the pillars of creation thing was at least there was a moment of hope there where it was like, okay, if we get these things and we close this portal, then we'll be okay for now. But it, the for now, you're not really supposed to think about that that much. But now he's hearing that there's an army of light. Yes, we kind of knew about its existence. Velen had foreseen the army of light and all of that. We didn't know Turalyon was there, but we do now. And they're losing. We didn't know they were losing. We assumed that this was going to be this big last hurrah. Yeah, we're going to go be victorious. No, they're they're dying out. And the one person that we need, that this prime Naru says, hey, we need to go get, is somebody that we killed, imprisoned, and has been stolen away and is in Goldon's hands now. So we could close that portal, but as long as they've got Illidan, it, no, game over. It's just yeah, game he, over. He's, he's the one, you know, the prophesized one. Can't can't really avoid prophecies, and we don't have him right now. Did anyone else think Anduin when that line was first said? Because that was where my mind first leapt to. I I can't remember who exactly I thought they were talking about. I did not think Illidan. I thought Illidan. 
See, and I thought I thought Illidan just because he's on the box. I'll well, be yeah, yeah, and but... and I'd forgotten that about you know the whole like I said in the Illidan novel, it's very specific. You know, he's touched by the Naru, all of that. Okay, all right, I get it. But when they first said it, I was thinking back to Velen Prophet's lesson, where he sees the army of light and he sees Anduin as like one of the leaders, and then of course you know the comic that came out. Where it shows a, a much older Anduin, or we presume that that's a much older Anduin. Maybe that was Teralion? I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, he did have the same letter. If he had yeah, letter... he had the same letter and everything else. So I'm assuming that was Anduin. But it seemed like he was the head of this particular branch of the army or whatever. So I immediately went to Anduin. Like, that was my immediate thought was, oh, my gosh, Anduin. And then he, she says Illidan and then, I wasn't disappointed. I was more like him. Egg? Yeah. What? <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's actually kind of what they're going for. Cause it's like all this time, Illidan has always felt like he had a special destiny and it's never worked out for him. And there's right. And now we should probably hop into the next section of this quest, which is like you were saying, Rossi, you're sent to Valshara. Zara, Zara pops up and says, I want to show you history. So I want you to go witness the moment that Illidan and Malfurion were born. So you go to, is it Lorla, Lor, Lorthanel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first play, the first village in Valshara uh, that you go to when you're questing there. Right. Um, so you find his birthplace and um, you basically fly out there. That's all you do. And you land. And then she starts talking in your head, which um, does anybody else find this incredibly creepy? I've got like hey, a mind mind link with an Aru Prime now. <laughs> it's, it's creepy just because she talks like that. Illidan <laughs> Storm Rage Born. Yeah. It's like what? Okay, are you awake? Let's let's just have a conversation, man. It's cool. We're friends now. Yeah. So you have to go there and you tell her, okay, well, I guess we can go ahead and you know kickstart this. Show me the memory, and you push a button. And you get a cinematic, which I wasn't expecting. We're getting so many cinematics that I just didn't expect. This was yeah. one of them. And um, the, this one's really special because Jennifer Hale is voicing the night elf priestess who delivered Illidan and his brother Malfurion. Which I'm so excited about. When oh. Commander Shepard starts telling you somebody has you know, got a special destiny, you pay attention. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, he, he this this child will have a prosperous future. It's like, well, by certain definitions, he does get his own temple at one point. She's like, she's like, praise to the goddess, bless the night with new life, and not one but two healthy males. Look at them. I never quite got this, and I always thought it was a little bit creepy. Like, does this happen at every Night Elf village ever? <laughs> like, when you're born, is it just automatically assumed that you're going to sit in a basket and everybody in the town is just going to come give you a good look? Thought about Look at that the babies. This Look was at pre- the babies. This was pre-immortality. Like they yeah. weren't immortal yet, but they were incredibly long-lived. Like because okay. they had the they had the access to the well, and they they all like you know they were ridiculously long-lived people. I found myself wondering if they had children a lot, or if it was like a really big deal. Like oh, there are know. children. But I'm it just thinking one- about how many people were standing there in the village and it's like, did every one of them also get to do this when they were born? Like were they put out in a basket and everybody just sort of walked <laughs> by and said, Yep, that's a fine looking baby. The important questions. That's a fine looking baby. I'm gonna go back to harvesting my fields or whatever it is. Like, is that a thing that they do every time? 
It's not that different from a christening, really. You go to a christening and a whole bunch of people show show up to watch you get sprinkled. It's like, <laughs> oh, true. God. Or, you know, like other cultures have, you know, hey, well, here's, you know, everyone come by and give me food. I've just given birth. So there's, you know, various things people do. Apparently, night elves put the kids up on display. They just like, put them on a pedestal, a literal pedestal. The baskets were sitting on twin pedestals. So, yeah, she says... Here, look, twin boys, they're nearly identical. And they go, yeah, except for that one right there. He's a chicken. He's got, yeah, he's a chicken. Hey, look at that. Look that's at how many normal. animals he is. That's not, that's not normal. <laughs> that's not right. No, no, they didn't do that. Sorry. No, he, he wasn't, he, he hadn't like made his animal parts yet. That came later. Anyway, um, the difference between the two was their eye color. Malfurion had silver eyes when he was born. Illidan had golden eyes. And there's this big thing in Night Elf society that says that if you're born with golden eyes or whatever, that you're destined for some kind of great and prosperous future. Um, golden eyes are not that common at all, as Shara also had golden eyes. Um and when she was born, they said, oh, well, that means that she's going to have, like, a great destiny or whatever. Well, she did, kind of. I mean, she led I mean, Night Elf Society on... into certain ruin, but it was, you know, she did lead. It was notable. It was notable. People definitely noticed. <laughs> um, Rossi, I know you said that you wanted to talk about Ashara and this whole golden-eyed thing. Well, because Ashara is a big part of this um, expansion without actually being a boss or anything like that. Yeah, she's kind uh, of there, but not there. She basically has an appearance in Azuna where you find out that one of the things that Shara did is destroy one of the uh, four Futna five pillars of creation, the Tidestone of Golgoneth. And she did it to punish the people of Azuna for daring to stand against her when the Burning Legion came to Azeroth. Uh, I guess they were early adopters of the whole, yeah, this is bad philosophy. So she, she straight up smashed a Titan relic. Um, probably one of the reasons she did that was... Uh, later on, we find out that the, the reason that Suramar survived is because um, Grand Magistrix Elisanda used another of the Titan relics, another of the pillars, to seal the portal inside the Temple of Elun that they were going to use to bring more demons through before it could be opened. Um, that's how we know that the relics can be used in that fashion. Because I of... haven't gotten to this point in Suramar, but okay. Oh. Sorry. No, that's I, all right. It's actually listed in, in the Nightwell read-up on the, on the website, so I think... Okay. That, special thing but anyway so you basically find out that that's what they're doing and she, that's why she broke the tide stone it, it kept them from doing that and it punished everyone in asuna but the interesting thing is that's breaking and it wasn't everyone though let's let's point that out because yeah. it was it was the prince the prince was the one who was defying her but she punished everyone but she punished everyone and that's why when you play through asuna initially everybody's like yeah if you see the prince spit on him for me we don't yeah. like that guy. We hate that guy. And when you walk around, when you escort him around, the other spirits that are there are very hostile towards him. Um, and eventually their minds are changed, which is great. Great for him that he's gotten some kind of, you know, semblance of forgiveness in eternal death. But, you know. But one of the things that you find out while you're doing is Azuna is that she's looking for the Tidestone Fragments. Uh, is looking for the fragments herself. She's looking for the pillars of creation. Just she like wants them is. back. Yeah. But here's the thing. Why does she want them? She does doesn't she want, want them? them. She's she's not working with the Burning Legion as far as we know. 
It doesn't, yeah, we, there's no determination as to what Ashar is doing. And this is what gets me. When Zira says the child of light and darkness who is destined to end the age of demons, and then she immediately assumes it's Illidan, that has me wondering because Ashara has been the child of light and darkness. She's worked with the Legion. Her, like, literally, they named her the Glorious One. She's like, the Ashara, light of lights. So yeah. are you saying that, like, the prophecy Zira has seen or knows about is nondescript enough where it could you be could Ashara? Slot, you can slot Ashara into the role. Like is She has the green, golden eyes of destiny. She's done all sorts of same similar stuff as Illidan. She's worked with Illidan to the point where she sent Naga to aid him. And she's been that whole light and shadow because there was a point there where, like we said, she was the leader of the Calderai. She was... She was Ashara, the, the light of lights. They renamed their first city, which had a name like Glory of Alun. It was Alun Ara or something. Alun Ara. They, yeah, yeah. They renamed it Zin Ashari just because she asked. Be, no, they didn't. She didn't even ask. They named it for her because they loved her that much. So, yeah, she didn't so, even have to ask. She just showed up and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll name it after you. When Zara says, was, though, Illidan is the one that she or it or whatever needs. Do you think Zara is assuming Illidan or that the whatever Zara knows is Illidan by name? We'll find out. Um, we'll, we'll find out. I mean, I'm assuming that she knows it's Illidan because Illidan was the one who like sent his spirit out to Argus to like and, and you know, there was that whole holy boop moment. Yeah. But at the same time, as Shara almost kind of fits the bill, too. Now, my question is, though, if as Shara is not working with the Burning Legion and let's assume that she's not. I, here's where my line of thinking is going, right? After after the Sundering, when the palace was going into the waters, she heard voices. They transformed her entire, like, all the remnants of her high court into Naga. They became the Naga. And it was assumed that that was an old god, that she was talking to an old god. And it definitely sounded like an old god in the War of the Ancients trilogy. If she's working with the old gods, that puts her at direct counterpoint to the Burning Legion, but it also puts her at direct counterpoint to us. So is this is this a war between two sides or is there a third part of this that we just haven't seen yet and we're going to have to contend with Ashara eventually here? The thing with too is with, Ash- with Ashara, she could be working with the old gods or she could be playing the old gods against uh, you know the, the Burning Legion. We don't know. This is a woman who you can't you can't assume you know who she's loyal to because the chances are good the only person she's loyal to is Ashara. The only person she really loves is the one that she sees in the mirror every morning. <laughs> there's a there's a fun moment in Azuna where she shows up and it's ascending. It's not her, but she sent there's ascending to confront Prince Ferrandis. And she like she very subtly mocks him, but she she shows up first in kind of a shadowy form similar to Vosh or whatever. A shadowy a Naga. A yeah. shadowy Naga form. And then she takes on her original form. And that had me wondering, is that just ascending or can she do that whenever she wants? Is she that powerful that she can just overcome the curse of the old gods and become Night Elf again whenever she wants to? It's a good question because the thing is, is, you know, we brought this up before, too, in the War of the Ancients trilogy um, when she's confronting... Is it Magtheridon? I think it's Magtheridon. Yeah. No, con- it's Manoroth. It's Manoroth. She's con- confronting Manoroth, and Manoroth looks at her, and he has like this moment where he does this internal double take and goes, whoa, hold on. This chick, the only people I've ever met that are more powerful than this chick are Archimonde, Kil'jaeden, and Sargeras, and that's scary. 
Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if she and was that was before the old gods gave her any power. Keep in mind, they didn't just transform her into a naga; they gave her power along with it. At this she, point, right now, Ashara is the is the most fascinating wild card in this expansion. I know, right? We don't, we don't know what she's doing. We she's know just that there. She's, she's a presence, but we don't and, quite know anything about her motivations or anything. Well, we know one thing's for certain: um, the Nightwell, the the Nightborn, uh, hate her. Oh yeah, they don't like her at all. Hate her a lot because here's the thing: Zin Ashari was in Ashara. Yep. The zone of Ashara is where Zin Ashari was. So it's on the other side from Suramar. Ashara, you know how Ashara kind of crumbles into the sea? That part that crumbled into the sea, that was like the heart of Zinashari, <laughs> theoretically. Yeah. The part that's now part of the big um, ocean or symbol. Like that's, yeah. that reaches out to is, the very is edge. Is Zinashar, of- which, which one is in uh, Vashir? Like which, what city is that? That's just, it's just the city there. It's, it's the not. city of Vashir, it's- I think. Okay, there's not actually... I, I couldn't remember if it was no, a specific But one. it wasn't Zinashari, no. That's okay. a different city. It's another... There were a lot of cities. It, it, you have to remember that the the continent of Kalimdor was enormous. And the Well yeah. of Eternity, when, it, when the Sundering happened, it wasn't so much, oh, it blew all the continents apart or anything like that. It was more like it imploded and kind of sank in and the ocean just sort of came in and swallowed it. Yeah. And what's left are the continents. So, I mean, well, I mean the single could... continent of Kalimdor was huge. And there yeah. were a ton, a ton of Night Elf cities. Like, Night Elf civilization was just enormous. Well, That's why they have has, ruins everywhere. Yeah, Chronicle has that, like, map of the right. supercontinent. And, like, you, one, you can see the Night Elf cities. Two, you can tell in-game, like, if you try to match up the in-game continents, they don't make the supercontinent like there's a lot missing and a lot of the stuff that's missing is just it's underwater it's underwater there's a a really great i mean and have you you've done the very introduction to to surmar at least um i've gotten as far as um have you bandaged uh thalysra let me ask you yes i saw the cinematic okay when you see the cinematic uh one of the things thalysra does is show you a cinematic of you know surmar's history and including ashara's place in it how ashara you know turned on them and one of the things you see is the original continent of Kalimdor. You see the implosion and you see the pieces break away. And the reason that the, the continent, the pieces are as far away from each other as they are, is because the implosion sucked in the middle and then every other piece got thrown out. So you basically have a situation. The water like, spilled in and kind of spread everything. Pushed everything away. Yeah. Uh, so you've got the various continents in the Broken Isles where they are. Um, one of the things that's fascinating to me is uh, Ashara... You know, without her, there's no Suramar because the the Grand Magistrix was one of her servants. Without her, there's no Legion invasion. There's no Legion portal in the Temple of Elun, and you know that was a that was a deliberate mockery of Elun. They didn't put that the portal in the temple just because hey, it's a, it's a good place for a, ta- a portal. They did that. Elune's presence is is in this expansion. Elune is in this expansion more than she's ever been in the game. Elune is doing things in this expansion. Elune never does things. And she's not an Aru. (laughs) But she made them. I think that on, I seriously think that on that cosmology chart, um, the one from Chronicle, you know, you have like the old gods and then the Naru are directly opposite. And then you have the void lords and there's nothing on the other side. I think that Elune 
is opposite to the Void Lords. I think Alun, Anshi, who we've never met, but Anshi is presumably there somewhere. These these light, well, I mean, there's like Void Lords. Maybe there's light ladies. I don't know what they are. <laughs> but I, I feel like there's more than just Alun and Anshi. I feel like there's probably others still. Uh, and I... I want you to do some of the priest campaign because <laughs> the the army of light priest, is involved in the priest, priest campaign. Yeah, I have a priest at one hundred, and and I do intend to go do that. Maybe I'll go do that. What spec do I need to be? Uh, for for the priest campaign, you don't need to be any. Well, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, which because, which weapon do I need to be going after? So all of the weapons, the very first weapon you get, all end essentially the same way. Oh, okay. So um, I can do any of them. Yeah, in, in one you're like purging something with light in the other you're taking shadow energy you're draining shadow energy from it it's okay. all the same outcome, i'm not like really thrilled with shadow at the moment i'm sorry i know this is probably like Heresy. terrifying to you yeah i know well i played shadow all through vanilla i was complete Man, shadow absolutely shadow. but i'm thinking that i might go discipline this time around just because it feels kind of interesting it, it is interesting and that's totally fine just the there's a big, you know, Naru kind of void thing. Okay, well, with, don't spoil it. No, I'm just saying it involves Naru and void. I'll, and, I'll, I'll maybe go play through that. Uh, and then the priest campaign has army of light stuff, which is just okay. definitely worth checking. out. Well, I will maybe go play through that after we're done here and I'm done editing and stuff like that. You're, but you're, you're not going to play a warrior ever, right? Um, <laughs> I actually, I have a warrior, but they're not quite. Like, they're not max level yet. I think they're at level 65 or something like that. Okay, so, so, I mean, I'm quietly working through every every class in yeah. the game. <laughs> I just want to know if I can dump spoilers here or you're going to freak I, out. I'd rather you not. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you yeah. can because Warrior is probably going to be the last one I get to. All right. Well, let me just say this much. Um, when you do the Warrior campaign, at first it's kind of like whatever. But then you get to a certain point and they send you back to Ulduar. And then it's like, it goes from, ah, I don't care about all these Vrykul. I wish I had, like, normal, to, like, oh, my God, it's you again. And you start yeah. getting you start getting some really cool people in Ooh. here. Ooh. Okay, and, well, yeah, maybe I, I... I really want to know what the other, like, I want to experience them, but I also kind of just want to know right now what the other class campaigns are, because the Priest one felt really significant. The like, Druid one is really great. Um, I just did that the other day. Um, I had a lot of, I went for the size of the balloon and it's actually like really fascinating what's going on with that part. And I think that part of the reason why I thought it was really great was because I did read the dark riders graphic novel and characters from that book specifically make it into the game. Um, so I was excited about that. I was like, oh my gosh, these people are here. Wow, that one's a real jerk. Jeez. <laughs> but I guess he's an okay guy. Anyway, um, so yeah, the Druid one was pretty good. Uh, Shaman Shaman is always good. I, I quite like Shaman stuff. Paladin one straight up made me cry. We it are, me, we are getting off bad. topic here, though. Um, I want to go back to this particular quest. Because at the end of this quest, Zara talks to you um, after you've witnessed the display of children... I don't know. Um, it's and the babies now. The All birthening. Right. The birthening. <laughs> you witness the aftermath of the birthening. Um, she says, Illidan's was a life full of potential, his destiny forged in the great ordering and cast of the cosmic winds, where at last it would find a home on Azeroth. Within the tiny vessel, the great cycle began anew. And look, here we have another cycle, circle reference. I feel like whatever this is that we're talking about 
may be the same thing that Medivh was sort of half referencing, that echo of Medivh. I'm really excited for 7.1, guys, because I want to see what's new, what's new in Karazhan. I'm almost, like, nervous for future um, expansions because there are a lot of directions they could go in right now. And How you do know, you top this? Well, yeah. Like, like <laughs> Cataclysm was all like, oh, my God, Sylvanas, Greymane, and Gilnay and stuff. Like, this is awesome. And we're just now picking it back up. And oh, I, yeah. I mean, I they'll wanna... drop all kinds of story threads, and those story threads won't be picked up again until later. And these um, are so interesting. And but love... Illidan, apparently, Illidan was... Th- there's something going on with that kid. Yeah, and I, he's yeah. extraordinary in a way that we never knew. Rossi, I have, have you I've done... myself a little bit more. I've seen more of it, but I won't talk about that. Have, yeah, Rossi, don't talk about you, it, because have I haven't gotten there yet. The second, like, Have you gotten your second artifact knowledge research thing done? No, it's not quite there yet. Okay, because there's the... Okay, the, like, don't spoil things. No, I'm, I'm not spoiling. I'm just saying, like, there's more, you know, Zara shows you Illidan stuff. Yeah, well, we kind of figured that. I mean, yeah. I kind of figured that, that that would be the case because she seems to be dead set on, yeah. you know, leading you through his history, which is great. I know that part two of that quest for me, I believe it unlocks tomorrow, if I remember my research correctly. Um I'm not sure, though. Not 100% on that. I'll find mine, out. I think mine actually have, will have triggered today, but I've had a cold today, so I haven't been online. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I will say this much. to be talking about the expansion and future expansions and so forth. After this expansion, I mean, I'm not getting the sense that the next expansion is going to be a vacation. No. Like no. Sometimes sometimes when you go for like the expansion, it's like, okay, we've had that for a while. Next expansion is going to be something else. I feel like the next expansion is going to be... Um, this, but in a blender on turbo overdrive. They, they did say, they said, um, when they were coming out with Warlords of Draenor that it's kind of like the first episode in a trilogy. So we're in the middle of that trilogy right now. And the next expansion theoretically should be the resolution to that. I'm pretty sure, especially after what Velen said, it's going to be on Argus that, we're going to have some kind of Argus something. There's Something's going to go on with this whole Army of Light thing. I don't think that the Army of Light situation is going to be resolved in this expansion. But I think that by the end of this expansion, we're going to be ready to go see what's up. Um, Ashara, though. I think that Ashara is a wild card. Mm-hmm. Like Rossi said. I think that we're going to have to contend with her eventually. And I think I'm hoping anyway that at some point in this expansion, we learn a little bit more about her motivations, like what she's doing. What I find interesting is, okay, playing as a shaman, right? You get Neptalon back. You get Neptalon back. He shows up in your class hall and he straight up says, yeah, I'll help you out. But he doesn't make any reference to what happened at the throne of the tides. He makes no reference to that at all. So I'm just waiting for the inevitable, oh no, Neptalon's totally going to turn on me and wreck this place. This, um... (laughs) Honestly, one of the things I keep thinking is that there might be a moment in this expansion where where Ashara shows up and instead of we fight her, she's like, oh, hello. Oh, yeah, I, I don't want the world destroyed. Sure, I'll help you. <laughs> and suddenly there's a Naga army, including the Coil Scar. It, it's revealed it's all been part of her, like, manipulating playable, us. Playable Naga. Like, yeah. I just honestly feel like, you know, we have the Coil Scar helping the Illidari, We've and that was based on Vash, who Ashara sent vash to illidan yeah so ashara this is could all be part of a very long game ashara has been playing where 
you know, we don't know who she's really working for, but she's not interested in the world being destroyed anymore. Who is she? Who is she really serving here? Um, yeah. Cause and I, real, real quick, you know how you're talking about leveling as disc. I will say one reason to level as shadow is that you get some interesting whispers from the dagger. Yeah. Um, and you don't know if you should trust them. You don't know what's true, but there are like there's a lot of references to Nazoth and like night elf history when you encounter certain things. Um, huh. and they're just kind of little tidbits here and there, but it's it's interesting stuff. I may have to look into that. E- even if I start as disc, I'll probably pick up the second artifact. So, or you could just play as an arms warrior and scare trolls. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Well, we are sadly running out of time here, so we should probably start wrapping it up. Um, I know we haven't really gotten anywhere with our conversations, but do we ever on this podcast? Do we ever? I don't think we do. Like- I feel like we got somewhere. I, I mean, think we nothing, got somewhere. I think we pointed out else, several things. Yeah. Um, so Blizzard Watch, it's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And for you guys, listeners of Blizzard Watch and Lore Watch, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to to uh, check out their service. They have a lot of Warcraft books, audiobooks available. One of them is Illidan. I know we're, we're talking about it like constantly, and we're probably going to keep bringing it up throughout this expansion. So it would be worth it. <laughs> if you don't want to pick up the book, if you'd rather listen to your book, you can go to blizzardwatch.com audible, sign up for a 30-day trial, and choose that as your free book that comes with it. Because why not? So uh, that's about wraps us up. Rossi, final thoughts? Uh, like I said before, Ashar is the wild card. Okay. Uh, Mitch, final thoughts? Um, keep doing class campaign and artifact research stuff because there's so much more to happen. And I'm sure I even, you know, I've only seen the second research. I can't wait to see where this goes. I, I feel like they are definitely going very heavy on the lore, this expansion. And I appreciate it so, oh, yeah. so, so much because... That's what felt like it was missing the most from Warlords of Draenor. And that was what I really wanted the most from Warlords of Draenor. And we didn't get it. Um, So, yeah, I'm really excited right now. And honestly, I don't think I've ever been more jazzed to play alts in my life. I know. I just I want to see everything. I want to experience everything. And it's going to take me. I straight yeah. up cried playing that paladin quest. It's, it really is sad, and it, it makes you like. It made me actually feel bad for a character I have not felt bad for since Vanilla. It's going to probably take me all expansion to get one of every class through all of this stuff, but I feel like I kind of need to, and it's nice to feel that way again. So props mm-hmm. to Blizzard. Props to Blizzard yeah. for uh, this is this is seriously this is leaps and bounds above. Warlords of Draenor, and I it, it's starting to inch out Mists of Pandaria as my favorite, and that's very hard to do because I loved Mists of Pandaria a lot. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Joe should be back with us next time in two weeks, and we will see you there. 